know when it feels right because we feel mm-hmm. like we've come home. It's a bit mm-hmm. like when we were looking around for love. Mm-hmm. You know, there were those relationships where you really fancied them or you really liked them, but nothing felt quite right. Like it was always be a bit long for the text came back in or you were unsure, you're a bit mm-hmm. nervous, you didn't want to look like a silly person on a date. Mm-hmm. You know? If you had spaghetti and it slapped round your face, you'd be like, oh, inside. And then mm-hmm. you got with the person that you like, you know, you're going to spend either the rest of your life with or certainly a big chunk with the intention of it being the rest of your life. And it feels like you've come home. Hey! It's finally here. Welcome to Do It With Dan, entrepreneurial philanthropist, public speaker and author, creator of the Beyond Intention Paradigm. Here is your host, Daniel Mengena. Hello and welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Mangena. I am here with Polly. Polly is a fellow Brit. We bumped into each other in a crazy clubhouse room. We've been kicking it back and forth ever since then. And I've been excited for about the last month waiting for this episode. She's an absolute rock star. There's a couple of rooms where we end up um, sort of being up there in the moderator space. And, and I love her approach. I love her raw authenticity. I love the integrity with which she approaches stuff. Um, She's just a really cool kitten, and I'm excited to show her with you today. Um, without too much more waffling and whiffling from me, Polly, why don't you let the people know who you are and what it is that you do? <laughs> I always love that. But it's like, how do you say it in one sentence? <laughs> yeah. and better. So I am Polly Bateman, mindset and performance coach. And I, and when I say mindset and performance coach, even that is a little bit of a beard. <laughs> yeah. like I'm, I'm the person that you can come to when nothing else is working. That seems to be what happens. Mm-hmm. A lot of my clients say, mm-hmm. oh, I've tried this, I've tried that. I've tried, you know, all this other stuff people have talked about. And I mm-hmm. will often listen to them and, and say, yeah, but I bet you don't know how to do, you know, I bet you have nothing to replace that old way of being, or I bet you don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. And they go, oh my God, you're right. Nobody told me that stuff. So mm-hmm. what do I do? Um, I show, I, I walk people through a couple of different uh, elements. One, um, mm-hmm. why you're not living the life you want. And we start with why are you showing up in the world the way you're showing up in the world? What makes you think, feel and act the way you do? Because something got you there. You and I, whoever you and I is, can stand in front of the same piece of art, the same written um, piece of work. We could stand in front of a speech that's being read out. We could stand in front of a statue and we'd both have a different opinion. Why? Mm. What got us there? And if we don't understand where we've come from, truly understand it, then we operate in life with a bunch of blind spots. Mm. And then on the other side, there's dispelling fear through faith. And I don't, I don't necessarily mean religious faith, just faith that you've mm. got this and that you are the powerhouse you need to be and that now you can bridge the gap of the life that you want versus the life you have, which sometimes isn't always the life we wanted. It's the one we ended up with. <laughs> so... I like to do the clearing up first, clear up how you got to be where you got to be, learn how to get out the way of yourself, learn how to not take things personally. And once you're free of that stuff, let's get to work and create what you do. <laughs> <laughs> and I think sometimes we, we don't recognize that that sexy, fancy new trinket strategy that you heard about on YouTube or whatever needs a place to land, right? The, the most powerful sports car without a tarmac road is pretty 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 useless and it feels like you're really teaching people to drive the car in the right place and to identify that the car needs to be driven in the right place because they've been trying to drive a sports car of their magnificent awesome potentiality off on a dirt road and wondering why it's not really working 
And that's where it can really fall down for people because, you know, you'll do a program and let's say you work with somebody who's really good at manifestation and Mm -hmm. you might be really sucked in and sucked along with that, but you won't know what's actually driving you. So, you know, we're all able to be influenced, but if you don't know why you, if you don't know what landscape you've truly come from, then there's something about yourself that means that you're operating slightly blind of why you do what you do. One of the examples I like to give is, let's say that you're driving along in a car and you really want to overtake the car in front of you. So you know what you know. You now know as a metaphor for life about indicators and mirrors. But there's something you don't know. You don't know how to look over your shoulder for a blind spot. It's just something you don't know about yourself that your Mm -hmm, neck turns. mm So here you are, you're ready to make the maneuver. You're tracking your environment. Six or seven times out of 10, you're going to be fine. Two or three times out of 10, people behave in a really odd way around you. Hand signals, gestures, aggression. You're like, whoa, what is their problem? And you can't see your role in it because there was Mm -hmm. a blind spot that you didn't know you had. You think Mm. you're doing everything the way you think you're doing everything. And then, of course, one time out of 10, we crash. And everybody in life has this. These are often our wake up moments for one reason or another. But we do crash and the whole world is is kind of reverberating back on that a little bit at the moment, you know, and recalibrating on the back of COVID-19, which has been a huge reset moment on so many levels. So many people. Well. Yeah, for so yeah. many people. And it, it's it's a global movement. That That's not just one in some person's life because their grand died. This everybody's is a big, it. yeah, everybody's going mm-hmm. through it in one form or another, even if they didn't lose anybody. And and as a result, the day that you have learned that about something new, that awareness has increased and you suddenly now know you can look over your shoulder back to the driving in the car. On this occasion, if it's clear, just like it was six or seven times out of 10, you'll carry on and make the maneuver like you always did. But the time and the moment you see something there, you're going to make a different judgment call. You're going to take a different action. Mm-hmm. You're not just going to do what you always did and drive into that space. Mm-hmm. So there isn't going to be the crash and there mm-hmm. isn't going to be the same lack of why do people behave like that around me? Mm-hmm. There's an awareness of your role in your life in a whole new way. Mm-hmm. And once you've got that awareness, you have a choice. Mm-hmm. But without the awareness, you have no choice. Mm-hmm. It's just happening. It's outside in living. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but the awareness that's when you have a choice and I can tell you when I went through this process myself and went holy crap there's a car and I'm driving it I didn't even know I was in a car let alone the steering wheel was in my hands and here's the beauty when things don't go well in my life now and because I'm human therefore they don't always stuff happens (laughs) it's the process like I was unable to stop COVID-19 For example, when that stuff happens, I now look here, not out there for, so what's going on here that needs dealing with, or what is it that I'm creating and manifesting for myself? Like, what is it I'm trying to still prove for myself? What am I still testing myself on here? What is it that I am not freed up from or don't quite believe in? that has this be in my life. Because one thing I 100% know is everything in your life serves you. And you said right at the beginning that I was raw and authentic. It's, It's a decision I made very early on was to never try to pretend I had it all sorted. Mm. When I have, I will tell you I've got it all sorted. When I'm struggling, I will tell you I'm struggling. Because Mm. it's, I wanna be relatable. 
I want mm-hmm. people to know. And, you know, you only have to be a nose ahead of your clients. Mm-hmm. So the point is, every client I say out there to them, whether they work with me or not, just make sure your coach truly knows what you've been through and truly knows mm-hmm. how to walk you through it. And I don't mean they have mm-hmm. to experience the same drama and trauma, but they do have mm-hmm. to understand the impact on you. And only mm-hmm. then can they walk you through it powerfully. Mm. So we just touch on that then so i think for me personally in my life the biggest crap that happened happened because i thought i knew everything and you know i was young and hadn't been tested by life and so when things even started to go wrong i didn't recognize that to be a sign that i don't know everything (laughs) right Um, and we can go through life with that glaze over our eyes that we we know more than we do what can you say to the importance of being open to, even if you don't think that something's going on or going wrong or that you don't know something, to being open to exploring whether there's something there without going so far down the road how we go into victimhood and stuff like that? How do we, how do we yeah. create that space to explore something being wrong if we don't think something's wrong? Because maybe there isn't something wrong. So here's a really great analogy that I, it's, it's gross, this analogy, but it's gross on purpose because it's really hard <laughs> All right. You've had your warning, listeners. Yes, I'm so sorry, but I know this is a really strong visual. If somebody came to your house and you love this person, you've known them for a while, and you, you know, it's like, it's like choosing an ice cream. You know, we can think an ice cream looks delicious until we taste it and go, "Wow, pistachio! Yeah. That's an unusual one." You know, whatever it is, <laughs> you're gonna. It's my my you, wife loves pistachio ice cream, by the way, so, <laughs> but she's weird. But anyway, but, well, on. it's funny because actually, I know loads of people that do, but I just don't get it. <laughs> so <laughs> it's one of those things, right? It's each to their own. But the point is, mm-hmm. you can love something in life, and let's just say you've got something in your life, and then it comes into your very personal space. So we often want things and look out there at things and oh, I'd love a bit of that and love a bit of this but there's everything that you've got in your life at the moment whether you want it or don't want it you have allowed it to be there on some level mm-hmm. so let's look at it like this to show you what you wouldn't allow if you had a friend that you'd known for a while but you'd never invited them around to the house and you said you got to come around come around and have dinner one day yeah. and they said that'd be lovely and they came around and they took a dump on your carpet <laughs> for those you who don't know what that means it means if they've done a poo on your carpet <laughs> yes they've taken a dump they've taken a moment a private number two and they've plonked it on your carpet and you go dude what the hell what's going on and they're like i just wanted to go to the loo i don't use i just do it wherever i want yeah. you'd be like whoa <laughs> especially if they didn't clear it up yeah. This, the reason I've used caca as an essential, yeah. <laughs> whatever you want to call it, is a very real reason because we've yeah. all got some of that in our life. Mm. Now, would you invite that person back again? No. Now you know they just dump wherever they want. <laughs> let's say it didn't end the friendship. I mean, yeah. some people that would be friendship ending. But yeah. let's say that you just understood something like, okay, that's how you like to do business. Brick and not how I want to do business. Kind of weird, guys. But yeah. like, um, I'll meet you but anywhere but my house. Exactly. <laughs> let's meet in a park. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of fresh air. No, but Give the point the is, <laughs> you would suddenly, if you ever invited them around again, whose responsibility is that? Mine. If you've asked them not to and they said they wouldn't, then, mm. then that's not just yours, but you do know it's a risk. Yeah. A when you continually have turds on your carpet, 
mm-hmm. and you let them be in your life. Because I can tell you now, in that scenario, that person would never come back into my house again. <laughs> and I wouldn't necessarily fall out with them, but I'd recognize they had a habit that didn't align with how I like to keep my house. Yeah. Therefore, that would be a red, that'd be a boundary. That would be a red line for me. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have it. I wouldn't invite it in. Mm. So why do we continuously invite other things in that we don't want and we say we don't want, but yet they exist in our life? Mm. And nine times out of ten, we get engaged in a narrative that says, I don't understand. I don't want this in my life. And we just gob off about it, but we don't do anything about it. Mm. Now, here's the question that I think is a very powerful question. When you have that in your life, let's say you do keep letting some come in and metaphorically, hopefully, Mm. turn on your carpet. Mm-hmm. How is that serving you? Mm. You may not want to go down the rabbit hole, but you could look at what it's serving you. What does it show you? Mm-hmm. Does it show you that you don't really have strong boundaries in place? Mm-hmm. Does it show you that you let other people do whatever they want around you? Mm-hmm. Does it show you that you crush your own needs based on other people's? Mm. There's a long list of things that could come out here that people would recognize in themselves. Mm. And it's like, Okay, so what can you get responsible for? It's the same as when we get out of shape. And this is something, and I, I'm going to bring this up because I, it's, it shows you how, how powerful we can feel in a situation that can feel very disempowering. I've had seven miscarriages on the back of a healthy mm. pregnancy. And mm. I would argue black and blue, I do not want that in my life to this mm-hmm. day. But... What has me not completely disabled by it is I know on some level there is something my body is speaking to me, Mm. but it is asking me to help it rectify. Mm. That my body is in some, and and without going into it here, I absolutely know what some of those core things are because after my first baby, my marriage went through an incredibly rocky patch Mm. for all sorts of difficult reasons that I think fear sits in there and has done mm. for a long time amongst other things. Mm-hmm. The fear created high levels of stress and cortisol, which in turn knocked my hormones out. So there were all sorts of physical dominoes falling out, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's something in me mm-hmm. that's like, am I earning enough money? Could I do this on my own if I had to, if I went through that again and I suddenly faced being alone and could mm-hmm. I this and could I that? You know, And those questions come up and it's like, I know the moment that I go, it's okay, I've got this. Like Mm. truly now I've got it, something will shift. And that means that I don't feel that I need to rage and run out the door and get IVF and Mm -hmm. like force my body to do something that it's clearly telling me it doesn't want to do right now. Mm -hmm. It means that I can continually feel empowered and know there's more I can do. Mm. I'm the one in the driving seat. Mm. And I think I love that you've 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 shared this and given us the opportunity to talk about something as as dear to the heart as I mean miscarriage is not a lightweight thing. You know, I've seen couples fall apart and people fall apart on one or two. Yeah. But to go through that many, that's a lot. And it's not only a testament to you in that you've gone through that and you're still resourced to have enough love to give to others but they have the strength to be here and share that in such an empowering way it's just a testament to you so i just want to honor you um, thank you and and one of the reasons i like to use my life going back to being raw and authentic is because it's like when we pretend to be on a pedestal you know Mm. by default 
it can create people feeling inadequate you know, where they, they might, it may be motivating to want to drive towards that. But mm. I promise you, being as free as I am, that I can talk about anything mm-hmm. means I have freedom. Mm. And because I have a power to look at it and own it, I have peace. Mm. And those are the things that so often elude us. But I mm. never want anyone to think I haven't walked this path. And the, the idea of someone, you know, taking a dump on your carpet is funny and shocking. Mm but it's not particularly relatable. It's relatable in that it's a really good visual, like where have I got turds? And I call mm-hmm. turds and dumps, they're effectively just crappy beliefs. That's what mm-hmm. they are. But where have I got those in my life? So it's a good visual for that, but I wanted to bring it home to something that was very real as well, mm-hmm. because real life is untidy. Mm-hmm. And I've, he- I've even heard people on Clubhouse who are out there selling lifestyle. And she will remain nameless because it was a mistake, but she accidentally knocked herself off mute. It was her room. She was running and she knocked herself off mute. And I and and she was basically freaking out about something with someone in the background. Mm -hmm. And then like everybody kind of jumped in and let her know. And so she went back on mute. But there's somebody selling lifestyle. But they quite clearly, you know, and I personally, rather than have that stuff and then try to be all polished and then go mm-hmm. back to real life and then be all polished, I'd rather just be with what's so. I'd rather mm-hmm. be super honest about it and say, yeah, stuff's mm-hmm. tough. Because when I work with my clients, I don't work face to face in the way that Zoom suggests. I work shoulder mm-hmm. to shoulder and say, yeah, mm-hmm. I've definitely got the strength to help you walk through this. Mm-hmm. Come and lean on me because mm-hmm. I'll help you make the difference to yourself that you need to mm-hmm. make. And I think there's something to that. I think sometimes we've got fear driven, especially people like they're into coaching, consulting and, you know, healing and that kind of side of things. There's this fear that if I'm real, then people won't like what they see. Where I'm like, do you know what? I'd rather have the people that are ready to see me naked and unafraid. You know, Um, I've had this before where I've had relationships, for example, where people oh, you've been through that. Oh, sorry, doesn't really work for me or whatever. And after seeing that a couple of times, you know, I just get it out of the way. This is, yeah, this is my story. This is what I'm about. This is, these are my challenges. This is my stuff, blah, blah, blah. And then we see where, where we lay. Sometimes, you know, you think people know things and then they find out later that they didn't and then they've got a reaction. It's like, oh, okay, cool. I'm not going to chase it down if that's where we're at. You know, I love the saying, those who care don't matter and those who matter don't care. Yeah. Right? And when it comes down to being in authenticity about who and what you are, what you represent, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, where your capacity to help lies, where your capacity to help hits a hits a brick of a brick wall. Well, the relationship that you're going to have with the people that you're called to serve is going to have a different resonance to it. It's going to be better supportive to change, more nourishing to you in the one delivering that also. Um, and it's just going to feel much better in that whole energy exchange, when everything's clear, everything is out in the open, you're not having to make sure you're not unmuted or, you know, that they don't speak to the other client to hear what happened with them or, right? If you're not six-figure coach, you're not six-figure coach, right? But if you can help people, you can help them. I think that's one thing I'd love to see more people doing. So I, I love that you you kind of described all of that as well, because, you know, there is always going to be your audience, mm-hmm. whoever you are. Amen. Mm-hmm. There's always your audience. They're your people. They're mm-hmm. the people that you were here to speak to and here mm-hmm. to support.
support, you know, mm-hmm. and some of those people, um, I, I have been a little tired of being missold to myself in that space. Mm-hmm. People who will get on the call with me when I was looking at how to market myself online and learning what that was all about. I said, yeah, okay, what you need to do is, and of course, all they're doing is telling you their formula. Their mm-hmm. formula may work for them and their particular brand. And I've had mm-hmm. this a lot with digital marketers mm-hmm. who are so good at digitally marketing, digital marketing. but they don't know how to market you as a coach but -hmm. what they'll do is they'll almost say that it's down on you in some way Mm -hmm. and you Mm -hmm. know it's like yeah but you're not actually showing me what work you know like can you walk me through what words to use and and they'll say things like oh we're gonna make you know i can help you make so much money can you Mm -hmm. Did you walk your path or did you walk Mm -hmm. a path of true understanding and empathy? And from that perspective, it's like what I always say, you know, like in that first chemistry fit call that people should have, it's like you need to feel seen and heard and acknowledged. Mm -hmm. Do not feel seen and gotten, you know, Mm -hmm. truly gotten. Mm -hmm. That's not the coach for you. Mm. Because the ones where you go, oh, Mm-hmm. she totally got where I was at or he really understands me mm-hmm. that's the person you want to be working with mm-hmm. and I think it's okay for like someone that worked for someone so for example I've had people that great testimony from people that I know right for different things services whatever and it's like that didn't really work out for me that wasn't my experience I'm not going to crap on that person they just work for me yeah. right I've had people come into my world where they brought a friend and the friend wasn't my person it's like you know that's not <laughs> Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and I know someone who I did a mentorship with very briefly. She was only actually my person for about three months. Mm-hmm. And once I got it, then the other elements of who she was and what she was uh, teaching, I uh, part of my personality is that I adapt what I learn and I adapt it and then innovate it. I mm-hmm. innovate it into a way of speaking out into the world my own way. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I adapted and innovated, we weren't a fit because I didn't mm-hmm. want to fit inside that model and that mode anymore. But mm-hmm. also, and you should, she was a bit Marmite, as we say. Um, you know, some people loved it. And we had, a, we had a mutual friend. In fact, it was the person that referred me to her. And she said she had loads of her friends that went to this particular person, went, yeah, I'm not feeling it. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like, but actually the way she spoke to me when I very first connected with her, she literally resonated for me in that moment. And so Mm. the fact that I don't resonate with her anymore doesn't mean that she didn't serve her. Like sometimes people are with you for a season, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think having the, I think you need to know yourself enough to know when that season's come to an end. I think sometimes we're looking to someone else to tell us when that season is or whether our horoscope's gonna say it or whatever the thing is, blah, blah, blah. Instead of, do I know myself enough to know when I've been nourished to the point that I can be by this person, place or thing, express gratitude to them, bless them and then move on to the next thing, or even integrate that thing and chill for a little bit. I think that, you know, even finding something really sexy and being able to say no, because that sexy thing's not for me, that's, that's yeah, another 100%. gift, I think, for people. Mm. And also sometimes when knowing that it's worked for me and now we're done and you don't have to justify it. Because yeah. actually it's the justification when people reach for that, that it becomes a negative story. Sometimes yeah. people, sometimes you can pay a lot of money to be in somebody's space and there's one thing they do. And that one mm-hmm. thing is the very thing you needed. 
Mm-hmm. And so it can be worth all the other payments and all the mm-hmm. other stuff that you endured that didn't really work for you. But this one thing did make a difference. And mm-hmm. actually, that's what I always do. You know, I look for that. Where have you impacted me? You know, especially when I said I, in the beginning of the year, I wanted to change the model from one to one. I'd hit six figures. I was really, really busy and I was really tired. So I knew mm-hmm. that I didn't have a, a sustainable model for Polly and I needed to pivot and learn how mm-hmm. to market and sell into groups. And mm-hmm. I, you know, it was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. getting people on the call i can sell high ticket i can mm-hmm. sell that no problem because actually i'm not really selling i'm answering mm-hmm. the per- person's issue and I'm, they are seeing very clearly that they'll mm-hmm. be able to walk out of their pain point with me so there's mm-hmm. no sell there going on mm-hmm. and actually the selling side is almost being british i was super uncomfortable with anyway <laughs> then, you know, we're not very good at that stuff but then learning how to craft an offer online which is mm-hmm. it's a craft in itself it's an mm-hmm. art form and mm-hmm. learning to find the right people for that so i had to effectively kiss a few frogs to get to the right people yeah. and, I, and I learned something valuable from all those frogs that one of the things that I'd done was I had decided to like um, feed out to the masses mm-hmm. and and actually by doing so I had gone in the opposite direction to the direction I had so positively going been going in mm-hmm. and actually what I needed to do was keep going up in the direction I was of, mm-hmm. of very bespoke coaching you know mm-hmm. being that person that was there at the end of the day when they tried all these other things I was the person they finally came to where mm-hmm. like oh now I'm home now I've mm-hmm. got this so you know I actually had recognized that giving up the one-to-one model was never going to work for me and I actually do love it when I began to get one-to-one clients again so I thought, you know what, while this is, well, I'm waiting for this to pan out, let's take on some one-to-ones. And I was actually, do you know what, I'd forgotten how much I love the journey. Mm-hmm. I love the journey. And I love, in particular, my first three sessions are extremely like, um, uh, like have people going, oh, like popcorn popping in a pan. And mm-hmm. I've forgotten how much I loved that, which mm-hmm. you don't see so much in a group. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was a good reminder okay, so how do I want this to work in the future? And I want some group and I want some one-on-one. It's like, huh, okay, it don't have to be one or the other. It's working the journey out, you know? Mm-hmm. But what it's also made me realize is my way of doing business won't be necessarily someone else's. And when I help coaches in the future, because I do coach coaches sometimes. Did that come out right? Mm-hmm. I said it so fast. I do yeah. coach. Yeah, it came out. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got that, that. <laughs> um, it doesn't have to be my way of doing business. I can explain what worked for me, but I cannot explain all the other things I try which is great because then there's room within working with me for them to feel their way because it's feeling your way to what feels right mm. there's no model yeah, outside of that right because mm. we know when it feels right because we feel mm-hmm. like we've come home it's a bit mm-hmm. like when we were looking around for love mm-hmm. you know there were those relationships where you really fancied them or you really liked them but nothing felt quite right like it was always be a bit long for the text came back in or you were unsure you're a bit mm-hmm. nervous you didn't want to look like a silly person on a date mm-hmm. you know if you had spaghetti and it slapped around your face, you'd be like, oh, inside. And then mm-hmm. you got with the person that you like, you know, you're going to spend either the rest of your life with or certainly a big chunk with the intention of it being the rest of your life. And it feels like you've come home. Mm. It feels like slippers that fit. Mm. And that is that's what we're looking for at the end of the day. We're always looking to go home. We want to be at home. That's what we're looking for, with, whether we're working with someone, whether we're re- relating with someone, whether it's a friendship or romantic, whether it's making it, whatever it is, that homely feeling is what we're looking for. 
Yeah. And here's the one thing to be mindful of, you know, is that when we want to come home, sometimes it's come home on a level that we feel comfortable in. Mm -hmm. And it's like, are you with somebody that you are safe with, feel like Mm -hmm. you're at home with and you can grow with? Mm -hmm. I was going to say, because it's it's having that feeling with space to have the discomfort that indicates that growth is happening. Yeah. I would say push your edge, but not your buttons. Right. Yes. So it's, it's pushing the edge, but not to the point of uh, icky. It should still feel safe in the discomfort, um, comfortable discomfort, I think. Is it? Yeah. I think that's a lovely way to say it, you know, and it's kind of like knowing that you're with the person that, you know, so some of the people that I've spent the most time with in my life, including my current husband, who has been my only husband. When I say current, that implies there's been a few. (laughs) (laughs) Very much as in, um, you know, he's been one of my greatest teachers. There's actually a guy Mm. called John D. Martini who's in The Secret. I'm sure you know of him. Um, And John, I've done some of John's courses and and seen him live a few times now. And I, I really appreciate him as a human and the, the, the mm-hmm. human behavior expert that he is and he actually says there's always a perfect balance and you have to have just the right amount of strife and contentment in a relationship for there mm-hmm. to be growth and for there to be balance too mm-hmm. much strife and it gets toxic and we have to leave too mm-hmm. much contentment and we get bored mm-hmm. So there has to be the right amount, you know? Mm. And so sometimes people can, I've had people push back on that when they've been very contented and say, really? Because I'm really happy. I'm like, yeah, but do you grow? Do do you challenge each other in a way that still feels safe? Hence, Mm -hmm. it can still feel like contentment. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's it's important to know that sometimes I've seen people feel safe with somebody, but that's because they verify all their limitations. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and yeah, that, yeah. and sometimes you'll see that happen in a romantic relationship. But then when they feel safe, they'll then go out into the world to grow. Then the relationship stops being a fit mm-hmm. because then they that like as they get bigger, they need the relationship to grow with them. And if it doesn't, so, then it falls apart. Yeah, it does, mm-hmm. exactly. And it's a, it's a fine, it's like all fine tuning at the end of the day. But, you know, one thing I've become very clear on is that you can have anything you want. Mm. I read in a book, um, I think it's called The Art. It's not The Art. I always get it the wrong way around. And actually, Benson, our mutual friend, often refers to it. There's a book about procrastination. Power versus, oh. Um, um, no, yeah, he always reverses. Um, refers force to force power versus, versus power. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's also, it's The Art of War or The War of Art or something like that. But it's it's like twisted round. I, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, my books are all in boxes at the moment because I'm waiting for a new bookcase. So mm-hmm. I can't just grab it and say it's this one. But basically, yeah. the book about about procrastination mm-hmm. and he starts at the beginning the author and says um that there is the life you have and there is the unlived life mm-hmm. inside all of us mm-hmm. and that's the gap that's the true coming home mm-hmm. not the coming home to someone who makes you feel safe with all your petty concerns in the world but mm-hmm. the true coming home is to coming home to the magnificence of us Mm-hmm. The creative genius that we are, the incredible non-mistake that we could never be if mm-hmm. that's, you know, when that egg and that sperm met and that creation was made. Mm-hmm. We are limitless possibility in ourselves, mm-hmm. in and of ourselves. You know, and I was reading about a woman this morning who in nine months went from I think it was something like um three and a half thousand a month that she took home to three point three million. Wow. In, in nine months. Yeah. And then how the following year she went on to grow a seven and a half million pound business. It's, and it's all because she shifted her beliefs. 
Mm. and our beliefs are. And she had lots of reasons that um, she had had such a lack of self-worth. She'd grown up as a very overweight girl and she'd always felt very insecure about her weight. And that had been a defining kind of um, measure of who she was and her worth in the world. But this is the one thing that I know you've heard me say before. Your value doesn't change from the moment you're born to the moment you die. People are jumping for joy when you're born and they're sobbing at your funeral. Mm-hmm. It never changes. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes people are born into very difficult circumstances and the joy isn't there, perhaps with the people that are present, but it's definitely there with humans. Mm-hmm. Leave a baby on a doorstep and watch people go mad. You know, mm-hmm. like they love it. They'll love it. Oh, the baby. You know, mm-hmm. their value is felt and the baby is cherished and run somewhere warm and looked after. And the mm-hmm. same, you know, we can die and we can have nobody at our funeral, but people, your value is always present. What will dictate all of this is your perception of it. Mm. And your perception is the only thing that changes your value uh, in a in a sort of pretend sense, never a real sense. Yeah, it gives us the illusion of, of a difference in value, but the value is inherently always there. Yeah. Mm. You know, and it's like, um, I, I, uh, I love to talk about the fact that, you know, we could talk about things that make people feel truly great. You know, you start having like a fantasy conversation with somebody and they start grinning. And uh, my, my assistant and I were doing loads of social media this morning. We're trying to plan for the summer so that we can, you know, not have to think about things like that over August, for example. Mm-hmm. And we were like really diving into fantasy versus dr- dreaming, you know. And it was, I was coming up with things that I wanted to say about that. And one of the things I was talking about was it's so sad how daydreaming got knocked out of children when they were at school or mm-hmm. knocked out because the job needed doing somewhere. Whereas daydreaming and using your imagination is so incredibly important. Mm, it's how you bring stuff to life. And I work with a lot of founders and mm-hmm. entrepreneurs and it's particularly my founders. They dreamt. I have one particular founder, a very powerful black lady. And she used mm-hmm. to dream at school of going to the palace and getting um, a, a medal of some kind, you know, mm-hmm. and a, a ceremonial um, medal of some sort. And she did, she got an MBE. You know, oh, wow, so amazing. like she went on to make that happen before she was 34 because mm-hmm. that was part of her dreaming. Her dreaming was so important and her, she dreamt mm-hmm. of being an entrepreneur when she was a little girl as well. And now she is. She's in mm-hmm. fact one of the most successful entrepreneurs in the UK because she's one of the few black women to get mm-hmm. ready to go for Series A funding. So she's gone through pre-seed and seed and is mm-hmm. now getting ready for Series A. And that's amazing. just, you know, how messed up is it that she's one of the only black women to get there, but mm-hmm. how great that she's trailing that blaze for everybody as well exactly exactly so, but it's all about your imagination and when we dream we can we smile mm-hmm. you know what would you love and we go wow you know we start to fantasize and wouldn't it be amazing if right now somebody just came and said mom your car's waiting and we're going to take you to the private jet and then we're taking you to the island for the next two months of your holiday <laughs> you know and you didn't have to worry about anything and and people mm-hmm. like go ah and we talk on this level and our voice softens and our everything changes and we tap into emotions and you know we um, and we laugh and we we talk about it we make it up how it's going to be and then you go to what's really going on in your life now it's so funny because only when we're daydreaming and we're fantasizing and maybe having fun with a friend do we give ourselves permission to have access to those feelings of greatness Mm. the rest of the time in our day-to-day dealings we have to find a reason to justify our feeling Mm. 
So we have a reason to be grumpy. We have a reason to be happy. We have a reason to be uh, to feel comfortable in the month with our finances or uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, what are you doing about those reasons? Are you putting mm-hmm. them there? Are you adding to them? Are you taking mm. from them? Mm. You know, like, are you watching your bank account or just using your debit card and contact rest and not really noticing that it's going down? And then you have to like scrabble around for the last four days <laughs> of the month. Mm-hmm. I've been that person for mm-hmm. sure, you know? And then I know that there's another way now to manage money. Mm. You can manage it so that it doesn't run you. Mm-hmm. But all of this is like what you're choosing to feel and what you're choosing to feel. And this is something that I'm really, really taking on. Like my life depends on it. Why? Because it does. <laughs> Seeing it for what it is. Because the, the, at the end of the day, I love what to say, beliefs are the gatekeeper to experience. Right. And those stories that we're running on are going to be dictating what shows up of those dreams that we're having, of those things that we're imagining. That you know, this, the woman that you're, that you're working with that's gone and got her MBE, her belief systems had to support that dream. Otherwise, it wouldn't have happened. Her unconscious habits and behaviours would have ended up sabotaging her and she wouldn't have ended up not actually getting there. Or even if she had the award, she'd end up doing something to, to, to mess it up because we always go back home in terms of what we believe to be true, possible and available to us. So right. taking care of those ha- those those beliefs that you spoke about earlier. Well, this yeah. goes back very quickly to that question you asked me, like, why, why do you need to look at this? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes those beliefs are unconsciously running you. Mm. And, and I have to say, you know, I've been a coach for 11 years, plus five years of corporate work where my mm-hmm. role was working within the military. So, it was, so, I mean, not very corporate as corporate goes. Corporate, we think of big business. Within a structure. Uh, within a, within a structure, structure, for sure. Mm-hmm. And so, so effectively coaching for 16 years in, in a slightly different capacity than very much coaching capacity. And when my life wasn't working, it was in 2016, my husband went away for a whole year mm-hmm. and our son went away to school. And when I say went away, it was 20 minutes down the road and I was like a school stalker, but I was still devastated that he didn't come <laughs> home every night. Um, but the point that I'm making is that I then got to the, I, I asked myself, hang on, how's this happened? How have I ended up as this sociable, happy-go-lucky like person that just wants to be in a big, lively family? And here I am completely alone. And I was alone for a year. Obviously, I had the holidays and stuff like that, but I was alone. And that Mm -hmm. made me think, "Mm, there's something here that I'm manifesting. And I didn't know Mm. this. I don't think I said it to myself like that. I think I would have said, I'm sick. I actually decided I was just sick of my life not working. And Mm. that's when I decided to get curious about why I showed up the way I did and why my life worked out the way it did. Mm. So that's the time when it's like, when you really are not having what you want in your life and your life really isn't working the way you want it to work, that's when you need to get curious. Mm. that's when it's worth diving in because what Mm. I can tell you is when I did the work what I discovered underneath was that I thought I was unlovable and and unworthy and that was driven by my story and my narrative as a child of my my father not being in my life Mm -hmm. so that's when it's worth it Mm. And of course, when you uncover it, then you can actually address it and you can bring in the, the right people. And when you know yourself, then you can find the people that are actually going to be effective. When you know what the challenge is, then you can apply that. Does this feel like home to the person who's coming into your experience as an opportunity to actually address that? Then we can have change, then we can have healing, then we have growth and so on. Exactly. You can challenge the narrative. You know, mm. the narrative I had was that um, that my real father was not somebody 
that I wanted to be in contact with and mm-hmm. that he was somebody that should be kept very much out. But he had been, you know, wrong. He had mm-hmm. been naughty. He had not shown up when I had needed him. So mm-hmm. my punishment was to keep him out. But of course, I was swallowing the poison, but expecting him to die. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the one. I was the one that was suffering. And ultimately, I, you know, I brought my father back into my life and I listened to his stories. I discovered some stuff. And, you know, let me just say this as well. There was no happy ending. There was mm-hmm. no skipping off into the sunset with a Mercedes, a pony and a trust fund. <laughs> Yeah. I, what I what I discovered was a very broken human who I don't believe he's broken because I don't believe anyone's broken, but he had PTSD. He's an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. He's got some dementia. Mm-hmm. He was really struggling with life um, and still is. But what I also mm-hmm. discovered was that whatever he had done had been to the best of his ability. Mm. And I also felt an appreciation for why my mother had left him. For many mm. years, I wasn't appreciated. In fact, mm. for many years, I was mad that he had mm. been kept out of my life. Now it all made sense on a whole new level. Mm. And then the pain of seeing dads and little girls went away. And mm-hmm. I realized it had nothing to do with being unlovable and unworthy. Mm-hmm. I was able to challenge that. And I was able to go, oh, bless him. Was he a good parent? No. Did mm-hmm. he do the best he could? Yeah. Mm-hmm just wasn't a very high best but that's okay we're Mm -hmm. all made with different capacities and and in different measures and now i have peace Mm. god bless him you know i get it thank you for what you gave me in this life because he gave me life and without Mm -hmm. life you can't do anything Mm. what's the best way for people to get in contact with you and have a conversation and see what's going on in your world so um any social media platform. I'm not great on many because I don't particularly enjoy social media because I like humans, but I <laughs> dived into Instagram mostly. So yeah. it's at the Polly Bateman. Please come yeah. and say hello. Uh, just, you know, drop me a DM. If you drop the word power or clubhouse into my direct messages on um, Instagram, people will get a free uh, presentation from me, how to elevate your mm-hmm. results, three simple ways to elevate your results and get started immediately. Um, and But mm-hmm. if they want to come and ask me a question, and just come on in and engage, engage in the comments or just come straight through on a direct message and come and talk to me or go to my website at thepollybateman.com. I know I'm saying at, it's thepollybateman.com. Thepollybateman.com. We didn't need the at. But yeah, just <laughs> connect with me through the uh, contact form there. But yeah, I'm here and I'm in, the, I'm in the game of building relationships. You can reach out and talk to me even if you're not going to work with me, you know, or we can explore what that might look like and whether now is the right time or not. Well, Polly, thank you so much for hanging out. Thank you for bringing true to that beautiful authenticity and just being an integrity to who you are, um, giving us the opportunity to, to learn from you, to bathe in your experience and, and your magic today. Guys, head over to thepollybateman.com. Uh, go ahead and follow her over on at thepollybateman. We'll pop those links in the show notes. Till next time, keep dreaming with your eyes open. Remember, you can consciously choose a more abundant, joyful, purpose-driven life. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Do It With Dan with your host, Daniel McGenna. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit dmpotv.com. We'll catch you on the next episode of Do It With Dan.